Hello, and welcome to the Carol First Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Peter Hill, and let us now bring on the other host, Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris. Good morning. Hello. Today, uh, on this episode, we're actually be doing something a little bit different. I recently spoke on Sunday night, preaching a message, and today we're going to do something a little bit different, a little bit hopefully fun. We're actually critique this message. Uh, this is my idea. They're, they're, not, they're not backpacking me or riding me in this at all, but... Uh, for one, I think it'd be helpful for me to learn how to be a, a better speaker and a better preacher, but also helpful for you, the listeners, to see what pastors look for in messages, what pastors listen to, how they listen to it, and also just kind of offer some clarity on some of the things uh, that we do. So I think uh, Pastor Mark is, or Pastor Mark, you're Pastor Chris. I think Pastor Hello, Chris is going to yes. lead us off. Yes. I can go. I'll go first. This year, it's been a pleasure working with Pete. This is his third year as our intern, and in this year, we've been more specific in giving him a role that revolves around the youth ministry and being in charge of the junior high youth ministry entirely. And so with that kind of youth ministry emphasis, I've had the pleasure to be the the mentor throughout this. So as I was sitting, listening to this message, I actually had his outline and was listening from more of a technical standpoint as he and I have discussed various methods and ways of preparing messages and from the pastor's standpoint or the speaker's standpoint, what kind of notes or outlines or manuscripts or whatever do you use that best work as you're speaking through. This time he went with the manuscript method, and so I was following along throughout the service with that and making some observations, and I've used this method myself at times, and it's been fun throughout the three years because I've noticed Pete and I have a lot of things in common, even some of our struggles in various areas, and I noticed the struggles I have with manuscripting Pete was having as well. So as we talk through this, this is, is obviously not the bashing session, but how we can, and this is what all three of us as pastors want to do, is become better communicators. That's the purpose of this podcast. And as I was following through with Pete, I noticed a couple of different times in the manuscripting method, you're reading through your message. You've written this previously to your message, and it just helps you get through the message without using a bunch of other ums, ands, us, and it's just kind of you can read through it and be a bit more polished maybe. But in doing that, I've found for myself and noticed with Pete on this uh, occasion, we're very familiar with our outlines, with our message that we're going to speak. And sometimes we go off script. (laughs) And as we do that, then our eyes, we want to get back onto script or back into where we're at in our message. And I don't remember where I left off, like on the page. And so without having my finger where I, you know, I left off, it's hard to come back. And then there's kind of pauses, there's ums and kind of that kind of moment. And then you pick back up. And from the listener standpoint, maybe you just repeated yourself. And as the speaker, I didn't realize it. But from the, the listener standpoint, you just said the same thing twice in two slightly different ways. Because I got off, I added some other ad lib things. So that's one thing I noticed in a constructive criticism way for myself, but then also for Pete in this situation. Well, I think for me, sure. uh, I've, I've tried outlining before, yeah. and I've tried speaking from outline, and mm-hmm. the first message I ever did was like 12 minutes, and that was from outline. <laughs> and and uh, I just I had a lot of stuff I missed that I wanted to say that I didn't say. Um, mm-hmm. So just for me personally, this manuscripting, this writing out, yeah. like this one was 12 pages, I think, like 4,500 words. Yep. 
And so I have all my content here that I want to say. And so it just yeah. helps me um, as a manuscript. And again, there is some pitfalls with it, but that's just, it's, it's helpful for me, yeah. I think. Yeah. And keep in mind, it's the first time that, uh, this is a third actual preaching message and the first time with manuscripting that. So, I mean, it's still uh, yeah, kind of so, a, yeah. a trial and error to figure out what works for him as a speaker. And then, you know, you'll probably start hybriding a little bit and having certain chunks that you want written out and other points and bullets that you can just, okay, it says right here this one point, and I know where I want to go with that. It could just say ping pong story with mom. And yeah. if that doesn't make sense to you as a listener, go onto our website, listen to the message. <laughs> but, you know. And yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's just stuff that we learn as we as we go as yeah. a new preacher. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, I mean, there certainly are different styles uh, of preaching. Pastor William yeah. pre- does not preach from a manuscript. He mm-hmm. preaches from a uh, pretty detailed <laughs> yes. outline. Yeah. And there's been jokes sometimes where he says things like, uh, you know, if I'm not here, you can preach from my notes. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I can't preach from those notes. Like, I can read the headings, but you, there's no content on there. Yeah. I mean, there's no uh, additional content. Sure. And so I, I preach from a, uh, I, I don't know if I would call it a manuscript entirely, but um, it, it could easily a become, a, yeah. become a manuscript. Um, in the sense that I write in sentences, the thoughts are complete thoughts usually written down. Mm-hmm. There are times when those might be developed in in you know during a sermon, but for the most part, for me, I, I write down before I get to the pulpit what I want to say. And one of the benefits for me that, that I have found with manuscripting, I'm not sure if this podcast is about manuscripting here, but um, we've all talked about it. So uh, the value is um, H.B. Charles, uh, a, a pastor, he has said that um, he writes to uh, he writes out his sermon um, in order to write himself clear. Yeah. Uh, meaning that by writing it, it helps us clarify what we're saying. Now, he himself does not preach from a manuscript, but he writes it out yeah. beforehand. And then he goes in with a sense of uh, clarity and, you know, kind of this, this understanding of the, the bigger picture because he has written it out. Yeah. So I find it valuable because it forces you to, to know how you're going to say what you want to say. Additionally, um, things like transitions between points, yeah. yep. it's super helpful you're not kind of left in that limbo land of like, how do I go from point one to point two? Like you have to think about it when you're writing, yeah. like how would I say Seamless that? transitions. Yeah, how would, I, how would I make that leap? So I actually felt like as a listener, not knowing the, I could tell you were reading some of it. So I, I, I assume some of that, mm-hmm. but I didn't know for certain that it was a full manuscript. I didn't necessarily know that. I felt like it was very clear, like in, in order, mm-hmm. yep. an orderly approach. And there were a couple of pauses, but what I thought as a listener, what I didn't hear is I didn't hear the ums. I, I do remember the one spot where there was a, <laughs> you, you had lost your place. Mm. And that happens to everybody. Correct. Um, but you didn't do just what I just did right there. You didn't, you didn't um. You just, you just paused. There was a silence and some, you know, that's a little bit of a dead space or a dead moment of sound, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it's, it's better than an um or an uh. So I actually thought that was, 
I thought you handled that one actually really, really well. I think one thing that could have been uh, helpful in, in the Sunday night services, we don't normally use PowerPoint, mm-hmm. but I think the outline made visible could have been helpful. Yeah. I heard you um, mm-hmm. recite the outline as you began. So I knew you had a, you had the points and at the end, I think you did a summary of those yeah. points in general yep. at the end too, which was helpful. Um, I think though that there could have been value in, in seeing that. Yeah, for sure. For the listener, right? Yep. Um, I, I do think that you you were giving giving a an, an, a, a an orderly approach to your sermon. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm more suggesting as a listener, the value could yeah. have been that that I'm tracking the points as you as you tick them off. Um, but that being said, I, I, it was clear that you had an outline for the listener. You, you knew that you mm-hmm. were moving through something. Yeah. And I thought that was, that was really good. Um, I do think the one, the one thing for me, I, as I was listening to you, I, I kind of thought about even myself at that age mm-hmm. and I still get accused of this too, of the speed of talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really easy to do. Yeah. For multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. When I was a lot younger, most of it was, a lot of it was nerves. Mm-hmm. They just sure. rushed the process. But also, it's, you kind of, kind of excited. Like, oh, yeah. You got something to say. And you you want to you say it. been working hard at, and studying this, and you get excited about the content and about the gospel that you're preaching. And that's good. That's a good thing to yeah, communicate. Yeah. The problem is. But yeah, it gets you really <laughs> excited. And you're like, da, la, la, la. Yeah. The problem is that not everybody can track that yeah um, yep. both in not this isn't even like being whatever i mean some people he- hearing wise that's hard for them to hear yeah, it's it. just a physical they right. can't do it and then just like some people won't listen to podcasts at 1.5 speed <laughs> because they can't handle it um it's helpful <laughs> who does that inside joke there um it's helpful for uh for some of the he- listeners for for us to slow down sometimes sure i think there's um as far as sermons in general, or, or homiletics would be the, the, the class that you might take <laughs> on, on preaching. And there is a sense of speed in um, you know, the rate of which you talk. And there's sometimes when you are more excited and you do speed up, and that's good. Sometimes you slow back down for, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. for emphasis and that kind of stuff. And so it doesn't have to be one way or the other all the time. Yeah, But we do need to be mindful of the, the hearer uh, of how they might struggle if we're going a little too fast. I just say one more thing about the speed. Yeah, I've seen improvement on that on you already. Yeah, one of the first times that I've heard you speak, your sentences were much shorter. Um, it was kind of like you would say this, and then you would say this, and then you say this, and it was kind of like a. It was they were short. They they kind of tailed off a little bit. I felt like you were you you had that was not the issue mm-hmm. on Sunday. The yeah. issue was more related to just the speed of which you were saying things. For some people, I, I don't. I did not necessarily have a problem, but I just know because I've been criticized uh, yeah. for it too uh, that that it is an issue for some people. Yeah, and I, that's one of the things I was I was pretty mindful of. I was trying to be mindful of. Uh, I actually uh, googled the average speaking. Um, <laughs> And it's it's 145 to 160 words per minute. In case you're wondering, 
And so I actually timed that out uh, with my words. Really? On Word, yeah. So it should have been at 4,500. I believe it should have been like 35 to 32 or somewhere around there at 4,500. And so I was pretty close to that, uh, which is good, but probably because I had some pauses in there and some some laugh breaks that we had. But that was one of the things I was trying to really hit was... And there was improvement. So yeah. That, that's yeah. Not, I'm not being critical that, that yeah. there was an improvement. It, it's no. just going forward. Like that, that is still, it's yeah. still a thing that we're all yeah. working on. Um, and even slowing down for yourself, that's one part. And then the other part is the hearer, how slow do you need to be for, mm-hmm. for the benefit of, of them as well? Yeah. So, yep. I, yeah, there's no, there's no uh, necessarily right and wrong there. Um, it's more just to say that being mindful of that. And I mean, clearly you have been. And so I, I, we've seen improvement there. I think that's super important. I got two other things to, to touch on here. One more in a uh, constructive criticism type thing of some things to maybe be conscious of and another uh, encouraging note here as well. But we'll start with start with the bad news and then the good news. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, and again, this is something that, that I've heard and I'm sure Pastor Marcus heard. It, it's in relation to the illustrations and knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. You had talked a little bit about video games. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I was like, dude, I understand where he's going with this because I turn around and go backwards into the NASCAR thing and it yep. has that green letters that say Yeah, long yeah, yep. But you get to see the cars all right. smash up and stuff and it's really cool. Um, so, so I got that because the, the generation I'm from aligns uh, with that. Uh, mm-hmm. There were a lot of chuckles when he had brought up video games, and I'm thinking, yeah, Pong. Some of these people. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the guys in the, in the church there I heard maybe said Atari or something. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so so that's a part of, of that connecting with your listener and the audience is, is and for us in a Sunday evening service, the average age is, is much older than yeah. Yeah. 30. Yep. Yep. Uh, or 33 or whatever. So uh, thinking of something more on the line of 50 to 70-year-olds or something maybe would be more appropriate for that. Mm-hmm. That's not to, yeah. to say that your illustration was wrong because it hit home with me. I, I got that, and I thought it was great. But that's one of the things that we need to do as, as communicators is survey our audience. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes the illustrations are things that change on the fly. You don't always know what your audience demographic's going to be. So that's just something to consider and think through. And on the other side, going along with Pastor Mark talking about the maybe put some things on the screen with your outline or, or points. One thing I appreciated, and my wife even said, really appreciate at the beginning even you kind of laid it out for yeah. us mm-hmm. so you good. kind of started it right from the beginning this is where i'm going to go and as a listener that's great because now we have some dots yeah. that we just heard about and mm-hmm. we're listening for you to connect yeah. those dots and that was awesome yep super um, to be able to okay he's got a plan it's not scribbles on a piece of paper that he's just going to try and yep. get through in 17 minutes it's a here are my four or five whatever points we're going to discuss and it's fluid they build on each other. The word picture, or the, the picture of the race and all the aspects to that. What's the, the surface that you're walking or running on? Mm-hmm. Like all those things are great painting pictures for us and giving us this idea that there's checkpoints that we're going to be getting to throughout this race, this message. So that was fantastic uh, from a listener standpoint as well. So that was great. Um, let's talk about Christ connection. Yeah. If we would, that's some language that has been used. Uh, maybe you're not familiar with that language, but recognizing that if Jesus is the climax of the redemptive history of the Bible, 
the redemptive narrative of the Bible, um, then he ought to be central in, in our, in our mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah. Yes. Um, and not just him as a person, but him as, as in regard to his work. Um, so it's been said, what, what makes a Christian sermon Christian? Yeah. My hands raised. Christ. Christ. Yes. Christ makes For many other just sermons good Christian. news right. or... Uh, so yeah, a yeah. good question to ask when you're listening to a sermon is, is the work of Christ, that being his death, burial, and resurrection, necessary in order for this to be true? If it's not necessary in order for that to be true, then that's not a Christian sermon, meaning that sermon could be preached by anybody anywhere, meaning in any synagogue or temple or any other uh, religion or it doesn't matter. Even if it is about something that Jesus did, if it's not about the work of Jesus, if it doesn't connect to the work of Jesus, if it doesn't require the work of Jesus, then we're just telling people you know, nice things or good things or moral things and we're not pointing them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I felt like not only were you talking about Jesus throughout, which is which is you know, obviously good, mm-hmm. um, but I thought you were talking about the work of Jesus. Yeah, and I, I I actually did see that Christ was central in the entire message. Even in your application, there was there was clearly a call, uh, a call to action, a call to Jesus. Looking at um, Hebrews chapter twelve looking to Jesus, um, recognizing who he is. Even the, the point in the sermon where you said, how do we win and what we don't win, right? And I thought that was, you know, that was a little bit of a, a, a turnabout there. Like you, mm-hmm. the, the listener I think you had people on the edge of their seat kind right. of a thing. And then it's like, <laughs> we don't. And there, I felt like there was just like, oh, <laughs> I was expecting that we... <laughs> It was really good. I like it. It it was a a moment where you're like, where are you going with this? Because aren't we victorious? Um, And so connecting it to the reality that our our victory is is found in the victory that's already been won through Christ, that is taking this and making that um, dependent on Christ. So you could have said all those things. You could have ended that sermon and say, you know, look to Jesus, go run your race and be successful because you're looking at Jesus. And we're left with, okay, I'll, I'll go try harder and look at Jesus. Yeah. And that sounds good. We probably heard a lot of sermons like that. But the point, I think, of what you were saying there is to say, yes, we got to run a race. Yes, we're looking to Jesus. But the only way this actually works mm-hmm. is because Jesus has already won the victory. Mm-hmm. He already did what you could not do. Yeah. You're called to run a race. That's absolutely true, but you can't run that race. Jesus ran it perfectly, mm-hmm. and so because he did, now we can, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah. that is certainly how it's connecting to the gospel because it's the work of Jesus that makes this actually possible. So I, I actually thought the Christ connection was really clear yes, and, and really, uh, really, really good. Um, not in an awkward way or not in a kind of you're cramming it in there. I, I thought I thought it went pretty pretty smoothly, actually. Agreed. Yeah, if we if we lost that Christ connection, it'd be the same thing with legalism, moralism that yep. the, that the Galatians people were struggling with. That I need to perform in order to make it to make it to yeah. Jesus, and yeah, yeah it's yeah. yeah. And as as clear as that might sound, you know, 
as, as the us. three of us are yeah. talking and you know for some of us who have by grace have come to understand a little bit of that you know, there was a time in my life where I, I did not see that connection at all yeah and, <laughs> and I think that there are a lot of Christians who, who don't see how Christ is you know the work of Christ is necessary for the very things that the Bible speaks of and yeah. what the Bible calls us to is so I don't want to you know um, we don't want to assume that you know, sure. as, as preachers we we must connect it when we were in youth group when I was a uh, youth pastor one of the things that I would say to students and Peter you might remember this is that when you're listening to a sermon that the goal that that, that preacher needs to get you to Jesus mm-hmm. and if he doesn't do it you got to do it like you've got to figure out how this thing connects to the work of Jesus um, I think I think that's a responsibility of a preacher mm-hmm. and if they don't do it it's a responsibility of the, the the hearer. We can't just say, "Well, that guy didn't point me to Jesus." Well, okay, but you can you can look to Jesus. You, you can see how that works. Like you have a mind, you have the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. L- l- find the connection, uh, you know, in, in, by yourself in a sense, by the by the grace of God and the power of the Spirit. Uh, find that connection. So I, I I think it was really helpful, and I, I think it's something that, thankfully, I think there's more of that than maybe there used to be. Uh, at least in our circles, but um, it's still an area that is needs necessary attention. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not always just natural for some of us. Yeah, yeah. I think that about wraps it up. We hope this was helpful for you. It's been helpful for me, of course. But this was just mostly one of the purposes of this was to show you guys what it looks like to listen critically, what pastors look at when when they listen to their sermons. Uh, maybe some of the things you guys could start looking for while while listening to sermons. I probably won't be doing this with anyone else. Uh, I'm the intern, so I get special treatment. Uh, (laughs) But again, we hope this was helpful, and and we thank you for listening.